Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone here. Good to see all of you here. I'm glad all of you uh, made it out today. And that goes for our online family as well. Hello to all of you. Um, And as you know, livingmessiah.com, there you'll find a donate button if your heart's leading in that direction. And we want to say thank you to all those who do give and support this ministry here. Um, uh, Thank you very much. We so, so appreciate that. Um, Let me open in prayer, and then we can start going into everything, okay? Father Yahweh, great and mighty you are. Father, there is none like you. Father, you are faithful. You're faithful to your covenant. You're faithful to who you are. You define righteousness. Father, you define the boundaries of humanity. You've set them out for us. Father, you have displayed your love in your son, Yahshua, who we view as your Messiah and our king. Father, thank you. And today, have your spirit be with us as we look into your words and the words of your son, Father, and those who follow after you. We thank you again for the love and mercy that I know you have shown each and every one that's present here. We thank you, Father. Amen. All right. Well, as the as you guys know, uh, there's two mics out there. Just raise your hand if you have a question or comment. And all we ask is please be on the subject where we're at. Try to be uh, short if it is possible, in case someone else would like to speak as well, too, because you know of our time constraints. Um, let me see. Am I overlooking anything? Did that, did that. Because we're all going to be learning together. That's the whole purpose of the in-depth study. I hope you guys realize that, that I am up j- just up here uh, facilitating. I think it's probably the best word of the things that, that are in, uh, in the book of Acts in this particular study. And as you know already, this it will be the last chapter, meaning we'll, we will finish chapter 28 today, which is the last chapter of this awesome book of Acts, okay? So, with that being said, before we start getting into it, um, I, I was thinking I'm going to do a little bit. I went all over the place all week. Okay, this is the last book. Oh, let's point out this. Let's point out this. So, oh, uh, just to shorten everything, I was thinking, well, maybe here in the beginning uh, of this last study here of Acts, um, let's... Let's kind of, I got some things that I think are important that we should review uh, of the book of Acts, okay? First of all is this, is the promise of the Father. That's huge in the book of Acts. It begins with that. Yeshua commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. And then it goes on in Luke, and see, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. 
but you are, you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So the promise from the Father, obviously, I would say, is his set-apart spirit. His set-apart spirit, as we've looked and uh, looked into it through Acts and um, our little things that we, uh, our little sidebars in Acts as we define these things as we go along, you will find that the Spirit leads you to all truth to turn you back to him, back to the Father. And, and, uh, and not only just to turn back, but to do his ways, to do his will. Um, then it goes on, you know, I shall put, this came to my mind. With that, with the Spirit leading to you all truth, I think I, I can say that we could say this, that um, I believe it's Jeremiah, I'm not sure, but I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But I believe with that Spirit that was promised and poured out, we can also say that the Father, I shall put my Torah, my instructions, in their inward parts and write them on their heart and I shall be their Elohim and they shall be my people. I think that flows very nicely with what the Spirit, the promise of the Father has, has done. Yahshua, as we know, he opens the mind, okay, to what was written of him in the instructions of the Torah of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning him. In Luke again, Messiah was to suffer. And to raise again from the dead on the third day. Repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name. To all nations beginning as we've seen so many times in Jerusalem, begins there. The helper, the set-apart spirit, whom the Father shall send in my name and Yahshua's name, he shall teach you and remind you of what I said to you. And in act all as well, we can gather this. And you shall receive this power when the set-apart spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, to the outer end. So we saw this play out in Acts. That's what I think are some of the, and there's plenty more. I could spend three, four hours just talking about the awesome things and the dynamics that are in Acts. But as you know, we don't have that kind of time, and I'm sure you don't want to hear me go on and on and on. But we did see this play out in the book of Acts. The set-apart spirit plays a major role in the book of Acts. He may not be mentioned, but, but be assured, he's playing in the background and guiding all these things, okay? We saw, ultimately, in the book of Acts, we saw no new birth of the Christian church. I think that's very important. We, we did see, though, a sect 
a belief that was already there. Whether you want to call it Judaism or whatever, whatever the faith was of the people looking to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is a sect that was in that. There wasn't some complete separated new thing happening here. Okay? That's in, uh, very important. I believe very important. So, so it was something that was already there, that was present, that, that this came from. Now, there was a revelation and a manifestation of the Messiah. Again, the important part, the one like Moses. And I may say that several times because I think that is very important, especially in my whole walk and where I came from. Moses has become very important, especially when you view the one like Moses. So, the one like Moses was, is to be first. And then the hope and the return of a king like David is the second half. And how Yahshua was, that one like Moses spoke and the prophets proclaimed. We see this in Acts. This is the reason for Acts. The manifestation then of the expectation, which would be the hope of all Israel and how all nations and people can be blessed. Yes, they can be blessed if they hear and obey. Those have to be there. The message to return to the ancient path to come back to him. I would say that's what we've seen in act the way this sect that was here it was a, a sect of the faith of the time like i said so as far as the time of acts believers in yeshua was being part of nothing more than a particular jewish sect again there was not this new completely new thing going on here it was not seen in the book of acts seen as a separate religion and clearly not viewed by the gentiles the other nations romans whoever as a gentile na uh, a gentile religion and from the Jews didn't see it as some completely new religion either. They viewed it as just that, a sect of, of that faith that was there. Like I said, there was no birth of the church in chapter 2. Even now, to the last chapters here in Acts, it's about the hope, the expectation of the promise of the Father. And i got to remind all of us, it's to all, to all people. And that this, this is revealed in the last days through his son, Yeshua. Through the son, Yeshua, the Messiah, the one from Nazareth. Nothing new, nothing has been done away with. From Moses and the prophet. Now, there might be some reform going on amongst the text here. But 
that's not, nothing new. Fathers always disciplined his children. Peter played a role in the beginning of the chapters, if you recall. Peter and his struggles with the traditions and the laws of men. We've seen that play out. And this is even after Messiah, okay? He's still battling these traditions and these commandments of men, a cultural thing that he was in. And we all do that. We are all believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but yet we are always dealing with those things in and around us all the time. And growing, I hope we should, right? But... It all really comes down to what the prophet, what he said through the prophets. What do I require? What does Elohim require of us? Right? And it's not through the laws of men. It's through his commandments and instruction. Elohim's instruction. Not man's traditions, theologies, or any of that. And like I said, I find myself even reforming my theologies and my doctrines on this walk. But traditions will not save you. And in many ways, it can blind you, hinder you from entering the kingdom. Peter learned this by following Yeshua. He learned all these lessons by following Yeshua, by following Messiah. In Mark, it states this, nullifying the word of Elohim through your traditions which you have handed down, and many such traditions you do. We can learn from that. That understandings of theologies can nullify Elohim's word. We must be on guard on that always. Acts begins with the promise of the pouring, uh, pouring out, a manifestation of the hope, and ends with the examples of them walking this faith out, this hope out, and how they did it. Were they perfect? No, by no means. So, with that, let's read, and then we continue with some other summaries of the Acts of the Apostles. Oh, thumbs up. This is a key verse that I, I, I think is important for us to look for. And it will be today. This, therefore, is the reason I call for you. To see you and speak with you. It is because of the expectation, the hope of Israel that I am, that I am bound with these chains. Hope and expectation. Okay, as you know, we ended chapter 27 with a shipwreck. And our final destination is going to be Rome, and we're there already. And we are now in Rome, and it is where the book of Acts ends. Rome is where Paul seems to write most, if not all, of the letters to the assemblies that he either visited 
or known others whom did. Okay? I, I, there's probably more history on that. That's all I'm going to say on that. So as we continue, and when, and when we came to Rome, the captain delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Shaul Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldiers guarding him. And it came to be after three days that Saul called the leaders of the Udim together. He's in Rome. And when they had come together, he said to them, Men, brothers, though I have done none at all against our people or the practices of our fathers, I was delivered as a prisoner to, uh, from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they examined me, they intended to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. But the Udim spoke against it, and I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any accusations against my nation. So I'm here because I had nothing against you, brothers. Nothing. But we sure saw they had something against him. But isn't this interesting? After three days, where have we heard that so many times in the scriptures, right? After three days, we've heard that before. Paul was not against the people but we learn how much some of the people were against him. Okay? Now, i got to remind you, there was a group from Jerusalem, the main leaders, I might add. One could say that controlled the narrative for all. Maybe. And they rejected the Messiah. who rejected and hated those who followed Messiah's teaching. Paul was one of those who persecuted and then became one who was persecuted by people that he once was. By it. This, therefore, is the reason I call for you, to see you and speak with you, Remember, this is Jews that are in, in Rome. That's a far distance from Jerusalem. It is because of the expectation, the hope of Israel that I am bound with these chains. So he's laying it on the line for his brothers. That's why I'm here, because of what I'm, what I'm, I'm speaking about hope to you guys. And they said to him, we neither received letters from Judah concerning you, nor have any of the brothers who came reported or spoken whatever wicked about you. And we think it right to hear you from, hear from you what you think. For indeed, concerning this sect, we, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. Now, I'm going to take some liberties here, and this is only my viewpoint here, I think they know darn well who Paul was. They knew of this sect, and this is like 10 or so years, so word got around. They were, again, this is me. 
I think they're just wording it this way, but we want to hear from you. You know. I believe they knew a lot more than that they were letting on that they knew. That's just me. But e either way, this is a good place to point out something. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. We've all heard that. Or is it better understood, Paul, the apostle to the diaspora? I think the former one is misleading. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. It's very misleading. And I showed you how much that word and what that word entails. And if you didn't believe what I was telling you about that word, you saw who they were talking to, and it was quite evident it wasn't foreigners who did not know the God of Israel. 95% of the time, they may not have been Jew, but they were part of the faith at the time, part of the synagogue, and they were called Gentile. You see where that can get really confusing. So here in Rome, and as we have read, his main dealings were with Jews. Paul, the apostle to the diaspora. Because as was his practice, where did he go? Synagogue to synagogue to synagogue to synagogue. He didn't go to made-up assemblies or went and started anything. He went where? A synagogue you'll find his brother's Jew, Judah. And then in that synagogue, you find those who accepted this God of Israel, who were not Jews, but practicing whatever extent. I mean, there should be no judgment of what's going on. But that's who Paul went to. He didn't just go out into the wilderness and gather a bunch of barbarians together and say, hey, let me tell you about the God of Israel, and I'm going to start a church with you right here. That's not what he did. I think that's very important, especially for us coming out of uh, our view on Christianity. I know for me that opened up a lot, and I'm like, wow, yeah. We've inherited a lot of misunderstanding. So that's where he went. Was there non-Jews among the way? Yes, 100%. Most of them already had the faith in the Elohim of Israel, to one extent or not. Not till the tail end of Acts was, was there those who never heard of the God of Israel, who answered the call. That's at the very end of Acts. Paul did not go to the nations with a mission of starting a separate religion for the Gentiles and non-Jews. That wasn't what was going on here. It's not what I've read. The offer of hope was and still is the same for all people to join. Join the Messiah, the Yahshua of Nazareth, Jew and non-Jew alike, in the covenants established by Elohim 
of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And for me, it is through the Messiah you obtain that. These Jews here in Rome, outside of Jerusalem, they may have heard of Paul, but they themselves said they did hear of this sect, of their faith. Not something separate, something uh, within their faith. And having appointed him a day, many came to him where he was, saying to whom he was explaining earnestly, witnessing about the reign, the kingdom of Elohim, and persuading them concerning Elohim? No, concerning them about Yahshua from both the Torah of Moses, the instructions, and the prophets, from morning until evening. And some indeed were persuaded by what was said, but some believed not. And disagreeing with one another, they began to leave after Paul had spoken one word. The set-apart spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to our father. So you point out here... I. The Torah of Moses and the prophets. Paul used the Torah of Moses and the prophets to persuade these Roman Jews. Paul used the Hebrew scriptures, not halakha, not Jewish law or tradition. That's very important to me. We know this for certain, I would say, because Paul quotes from where? Isaiah. He didn't quote from the Talmud, Mishnah, or anything else. Not traditions or commentary. Not Christian doctrine or anything of that nature. He went to the Hebrew Scriptures. Our faith needs to be rooted in that the very words of Elohim and not the commandments of men. And that's wherever they come from. There is something else to note here. Some believed and some did not. Some believed and some believed not. Paul the apostle to the Gentiles. Is that really correct? Like I said. It goes back to that. He wasn't. He wasn't an apostle to just the Gentile. He was the apostle to all men. The majority of his Jewish brothers. Because that is not what we just studied and what we read in the course of the book of Acts. If you're fair with the text. Paul's journey was outside of the Holy Land. To whom? The majority Jews, Greek-speaking Jews, and God-fearers. Those already practicing the faith of the day. This brings us to another thing. I debated about this, but I think it's very important for all of us. Because things should be relevant for us today. 
labels and how things are categorized and how the world makes distinctions. After all, in the beginning, Elohim, he himself separates this from that. You know the story. And it's necessary. And it's also a commandment. And we see that throughout. Separate yourself. Be set apart. Be holy. Do this, not that. Now, today we find so many labels. And it can be so confusing. I know I am. So what do we do? That's why we need the Father's guidance after all, right? We need that set-apart spirit. And when, that, when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he shall bear witness of me, Yahshua. The Father bears witness of Yahshua. He shall bear witness of me. But you also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So could you say to his apostles and those following him, bear the same witness as I'm witnessing what? Because the Father bears witness of me. Spread it on. Take that and run. Because truth sets you free, right? With all this confusing what is true. We see that on the internet. If you, if any of you, do the YouTube, whoo, you got this comment, this comment. It is a mess out there. Politically, or this whole world's a mess, more so than I ever thought. But as I get older, and I ask Father's help and let me understand you, it's like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what did I ask for? This world is crazy. I want to be like you, right? Help me follow, follow you, Father. And then he reveals to you, scary, dark days we are in and will come even more. But he's our God. Hope, expectation. So this truth will set you free, right? For me, the best way then to understand all this labeling, all the narratives and the confusion in this world is just that. He is the way. Say it with me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I might add the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Messiah is that plumb line. Yeshua, the Messiah, no other. That's my conviction. Yeshua said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You guys know this, John 14, 6, right? Truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This word, Yeshua spoke, and all the others was where? Did he make this up? No, he didn't. 
It was from the Father told him to say that. The Father says he's the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. The words which you hear Messiah said on many occasions are not mine, but my Father who sent me. The Father said, unless you come through the Son, you do not have me. The Father said that. What we have today is not what was in the books of Acts. And I know there's always this divide going on. So with that, how am I to understand my understanding of today? If I would apply what I've learned from the book of Acts, the book of Acts has the good news, the good news of the Messiah. Now we know from history there's been a distortion both by the early church fathers and the leaders of Israel, the shepherds, who rejected the message of Elohim's Messiah. They rejected the Father's voice. And the early church fathers distorted the Father's voice. And that was the message of Messiah. Again, both sides twisted Elohim's word. We have a refusal of Yahshua by Jewish leaders at the time and a refusal of Yahshua by the rest of the world too. So it's not one only. Messiah has been rejected by many, many, many people, just like we read here. Some believed, something didn't. Some followed, some didn't. It doesn't matter what group you're part of. All it matters if you're following him or not. So what we see is this. There are those who are anti-Messiah. But I'm going to be clear on what that is. The word anti, over against, opposite to, instead of, in place of something. If you believe he is the way, the truth, and the only life, right? If you are anti-Christ, you are antichrist if you replace the Christ with who is against or opposite of the one like Moses. To make Christ that rejected the, the Father's law, that's anti who he is. That's antichrist. It's in place of, instead of. Those laws handed to Moses. If you say we don't need to do those, somewhere along the line, your Messiah is anti himself. Okay? The Christ is, 
in place of of the revelation of Christ and it's replacing then by doing so you're misrepresenting what was presented in the gospel to reject Yeshua the Messiah the one like Moses who will and did rise amongst the brethren And they did not listen to him based on their traditions of men to be over against this only Messiah then is anti-Messiah. There's no new Messiah that is by the concrete definition anti-Messiah. And you, as hopefully I showed you it's in many forms. We must guard ourselves in making our own image of image of Elohim and his Messiah. Because that's what both parties, in my opinion, have done. We can't accept them because of our tradition. Well, we can't accept them because he's going to make us do Jewish things or whatever the excuses might be. So, again, we cannot change the image of Elohim and his Messiah. Choose it on how we're going to choose the worship and witness of him and his name. We cannot do that. Because we... If, we are in charge of witnessing what Messiah witnessed. If we're following him, that's what he said. Praise the Father that he is merciful. So they began to leave after Paul spoke this word. Look what he said, Paul saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you shall hear, but by no means understand, and seeing you shall see, but by no means perceive. This is in the context that he was trying to persuade from the Torah of Moses and the prophets of who? Not just the Messiah, but Yahshua the Messiah. This is where Paul's mind is. For the heart of this people has become thickened, and their, eye, their ears they hear heavily, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn back to Shuba, back, and I should heal them. And this is just as much as for all of us, as what he was speaking to. We can't let our ears be heavy to the words of our, the Son of Elohim who was sent by the Father or to the Father's words given to Moses or the Father's words spoken through the prophet. Therefore, let it be known to you that the deliverance, the salvation of Elohim, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel, 
has been sent to the nations, the Gentiles. And you know what? They're going to hear. And all of you are a witness to that. Because many of us are not Jewish. And we heard. And we are on our way back. Thank you, Father. And Paul says, and when he had said these words, the Eudim went away and had a great dispute among themselves. And by the way, anybody who follows the book not just Jews, but anyone who follows the book, always disputing over the text. Okay? They don't got a corner on that. Because I know with you guys, with some of my brothers and sisters, we dispute, we go through. And Paul stayed two entire years in his own rented house and was receiving all who came to him. Many came to him, proclaiming the reign of Elohim and teaching about the master, Yahshua the Messiah. Timidly, no, he stood on the text with all boldness, unhindered, it says. No man forbidding him. They didn't touch him. Without hindrance freely, other translations say. I think there's a lot we can learn for ourselves. Who Paul was, what he was doing, how he overcomes so many things, his shortcomings and his strength. And like I said last week, most of us, we don't have to go through what Paul went through. We got it pretty easy. And if that being said, then let's make sure we keep the witness of the only son, Yahshua the Messiah, clean to the best of our abilities. We can do this, that in this country, as it's losing its freedom, oh, let's proclaim that. He will help us and everywhere we go. So that is the book of Acts. And I uh, have a couple more minutes here, and it's open for any insight that you may want to share. If not, I can close in prayer. Father Yahweh, great and mighty you are. Father, there is none like you. Father, we do. We look to you in your ways, your Son and the Spirit. Please guide us, Father, and help all of us. We all need your help, Father. Without you, we have no guidance. Without you, we have no hope. We have no expectation. This, these are your words. But you so love 
the world. You so love those that you created that you were willing to send your son, Father, to repair and to deliver, to bring you back to your commandments and your ways. Father, if there is any hearing my voice and they do not know, you or your son, Yahshua, the only Messiah for Israel who holds redemption, may they come to know him, Father. Come to know you in a deeper, deeper way. We give you great thanks again, Father, that you did not leave us orphan, that you've been patient with all of us, that you've shown mercy and favor and allow us to enter into your kingdom that you're establishing. We thank you again, Father. Yahuwah, empower us with your spirit so we can overcome all things. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.